fact that I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death, breathing a sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke of Buddha through righteous steps, deep like the shining. Sparkle like a diamond, sneak a Uzi on the island, and my army jacket lining. Hit the earth like a comet, invasion. Nazis like the Afrocentric Asian, half man, half amazing. Cause in my physical, I can't express through song. Delete stress like Motrin, then extend strong. I drink my wet with Medusa, give us shotguns and hell from the split that I'm lifting in hell. It ain't hard to tell. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Who got the vibe? It's the tribe, y'all. Tribe, y'all. Real live, y'all. Live, y'all. Inside, outside, come around. Who's that? Brown. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. <laughs> uh, with your host, Rod and... Karen. And we have our guest here in the house, uh, Will. Say what's up to the good people. What's good, everybody? This is Will. Alright, man, and uh, we can get right into the podcast. I mean, I didn't invite Will here for any special reason other than that's my friend. Uh, I know normally we try to have like some type of like, oh, they're a nurse or they're a, a real estate agent, but fuck it, Will's my boy, so we just wanted to have him on. Um, it's good to have you here, man. Yeah, man, I'm glad to be a part of this. Yep. Um, so last last podcast, we made the uh, movers and shakers list again on Podomatic. Woohoo! Well, Thank you, man. Did pretty good. Moved to the top uh, 500 or something like that. I could do with that. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, baby steps, but uh, more people are liking it, and it's good to have uh, support. So we appreciate everybody that's downloading us, yes, everybody that's listening. Um, and, you know, the best part is if somebody just now discovers it, we have like 21 episodes, 22 episodes. Yeah. People go back and, and you know, you can do like marathon listening now and it, it's really ah. uh, it's really making it um, better for people. Um, I thought we would talk about, you know, we got a grill. <laughs> I know Karen loves the grill. I, yes, I do. I know it's supposed to be a manly thing for the man to go get on the grill, but <laughs> I literally have not touched the grill other than to show Karen how to cut it on. Yes. And um, Karen loves grilling. So. Yes, I do. You got the gas grill? Yes, yeah. sir. Oh, no, man. You got to get down with the charcoal. No, I know. I like the gas. Because with the charcoal, you got to light it. The coals are uneven. And I guess it just depends. I like the... Like a microwave, you push it, and it starts. <laughs> it's like all that waiting, and I ain't got time for none of that. I want to go out there and grill. Well, the first time I came home, Karen didn't know how to use it. No, I didn't. <laughs> she <laughs> I almost blew myself up in the backyard. <laughs> Yo, come in the house with no eyebrows. She called me on my cell phone like, the grill don't work, baby. I was like, I checked it before I left. She was like, it is not working. I was like, well, don't touch anything. Make sure it's off. I came home. 
I was like, what did you do? And then she showed me. She was turning the gas all the way up <laughs> and then hitting the button. Like, the fuck? Like, thank God it had a security measure. Yeah, it has a safety feature. It would have blew the whole house up. Whoever invented Weber Grill and, and made that safety feature, you made it just for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it clearly says, like, start. Like, there's a button. Like, yes, it is. Just turn the gas up this much to start it. <laughs> then you crank it up. And Karen didn't read no instructions. No, my bad. She's read like, instructions. It was like when kids get Transformers or Legos. Like, I'm going to put this shit together. I got on, this. On my own. But, uh, yeah, she's been grilling, like, all the time. And she made some banging meals. So, I would appreciate it, baby. Yes. All right. Um, I played ball with this kid, the same kid that, um, I don't know what episode it was, but it was this kid who, um, he tried to get in a a fight with people every time I bring him to the gym. So I stopped giving him rides to the gym. Mm -hmm. So the other day we were talking about rap, like, you know how dudes do, we just sitting on the sideline of the basketball court, talking about hip hop, Mm -hmm. and people were like, who you listen to, who you listen to, and pretty much I'm kind of disrespectful to anybody that listens to shit that I think is whack. It's, okay. And I don't mean to be that way, but it always <laughs> comes out that way. And I, you know, I can't help myself. So, uh, somebody was like, uh, 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 Christian, he's like, yeah, man, I listen to G, I listen to only three artists on my iPod. Jeezy, Gucci, and Waka Flocka. Oh. Not the Waka Flocka? I was like, that's why uh, I'm glad, I'm glad I stopped so, giving you a ride. So what's wrong with that, dog? This, if that's the only three niggas you only listen three, to. You don't listen to nobody else. You are fucking up, my man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Them the only three, nobody else. Does that mean I'm happy to go? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, well, you can have to go, man. <laughs> Shortest podcast guest ever. Yes. But um, yeah, dude, he told me that, man. I was like, that's why I don't give you a ride anymore. He was like, what? I was, hey, each one, teach one. Is what I say, <laughs> and that's how you learn. Um. Alright, so I don't know if you guys have been listening, but locally, we have uh, in the news, Warren Turner. He's a city councilman okay. and he's in trouble okay. right now. But what's, I, what's unique about that, and the only reason I'm bringing it up on this podcast, I used to play basketball with Warren in our old neighborhood, my parents' neighborhood. Okay. And I think once you play basketball with people, you can tell a lot about people on the court. Yes. Because everything that happens on the court translates to real life, in my opinion. And I don't mean just like... If you can shoot threes good, you'll like. No. I mean, like just, the kind, the kind of calls you make, yeah. the kind of you know, you cheat on the court. You're probably just a fucking scumbag in real life. So, um, let me read this article about Warren, and then y'all can tell me how how he plays. Charlotte Mayor Anthony Fox is expecting a special committee of city council members to create a guideline that would govern personal conduct conduct of elected officials. The findings revealed this past Monday. Uh, uh, into allegations of sexual harassment, harassment against Councilman Warren Turner prompted the mayor to suggest the creation of the new policy. It will be one that sets forth what will happen in a compl- complaint situation or a complaint moving forward, Fox said. Councilmember Michael Barnes welcomes the committee work and he hopes a new policy can create a better working environment. It is our responsibility to make sure that our employees are able to do their jobs well, and it is our responsibility to make sure that people understand what they're get, trying to do, that we're trying to do our jobs well. I hate when people make those like double statements. He could have just said, it's our responsibility to make sure people can do their jobs well, and that people know we're trying to do our jobs well. But he had to restate the whole fucking sentence again. We get it, buddy. <laughs> Politicians are so fucking wordy. Um, Councilmember Edwin Peacock 
It is critical of the investigation into Turner's alleged actions as well as the decision to update personal pol- personnel policies. He feels the situation with Warren Turner shouldn't have gone this far. I think it could have been handled with attorneys, the HR manager, the manager, who was Kurt Walton, and I don't think the process was pursued vigorously enough. But the mayor strongly defends his position. In fact, he says rules need to be in place to hold council members accountable. I'm going to make sure that going forward, no future council is guided by by any action like this without a set of rules that apply. So basically what he's saying is they got to come up with some rules for sexual harassment. Because Warren Turner been down at the fucking city council hall sexually harassing with like five or six women. There's emails going around about it. Wow. He's, he's being investigated by like the city manager and... They're basically, they're, they're trying to catch him. My thing is this. They got human resources. Why the hell don't you already have laws and rules and regulation in place for this? Like, yeah. why somebody got a sexual harassment? Oh, we need these rules. No, most jobs you go to, their HR explains to you on the first day, these are our rules, regulations. This is what you can do. This is what you can do. That is do. amazing because even, I, when I work, comprehending that. even when I worked at McDonald's, Yes. There was a sexual harassment policy and a video. Yes. And I was making like $4.15. That's right. So this dude is making whatever he's making on city council. And there literally is no policy in place to be like, so you got to stop grabbing titties at work or whatever. Like, that's amazing. But anyway, I think the nigga did it. I don't know him on a like hang out together level. Yeah. But on a basketball court level, he cheats. He makes, he used to make the dumbest arguments, man. Like, you never be talking to somebody, and they start arguing with you, they're debating with you, and like, two minutes in, it's already too late to stop the argument, but then you realize how dumb they are, and you're, <laughs> like, you're like, damn, I can't believe I'm arguing with this motherfucker, like, you suck me in. Yeah, why, yeah, you got me, you got me, I'm gonna be here for ten minutes, arguing with a dumbass. Even damn if you win, you, you still lost, because you're arguing with a dumbass. Yeah, you lost your, first of all, the odds of them being able to comprehend and take whatever you you told them and actually understand, understand yeah. it and use it going forward. That shit is zero. Dumbasses don't think like that. But he was one of those people that he would start making arguments and I would just start going, God, you're so stupid. And he was my boy's brother. So it was even worse because I was cool with, with, with the dude's brother. But he would come out and want to play ball with us. And I'd be like, man, really? You going to bring your brother, man? <laughs> And he would be out there cheating us. He was older than us and shit. He out there cheating us, fouling us, trying to take the ball. I was like, dude, you a piece of shit. So he sexually harassed people. Wow. Not surprised. But uh, anyway, let's uh, move on to the next topic. Um, the Social Justice Act. Have you heard anything about that? All right. It's North Carolina Social Justice Act. It's, it's kind of a... Um, it's a new law that got passed. Okay. And basically, if you can prove that um, you are, if you can prove that your jurisdiction where you are, like, you say you, you come up for murder. I shouldn't even say you, because nobody in this room is really going to deal with this law. No. Unless Will is on some shit that I don't even know. I, now. I know. You know, I got to keep my proper life quiet, man. <laughs> it's, it's, only for, it's only for murder. All right. Okay. I, I'll read some of this article. Governor Bev Perdue on Tuesday signed a bill that would allow murder suspects and death row inmates to try to prove racial bias was behind prosecutors' decisions 
to seek the death penalty or jurors' decisions to impose it. North Carolina is the second state in the nation with a law designed to stop black defendants from being punished more severely than whites. Kentucky is the other state. I have always been a supporter of the death penalty, but I have always believed it must be carried out fairly, Purdue said. The Racial Justice Act ensures that when North Carolina hands down our state's harshest punishment to our most heinous criminals, the decision is based on the facts in the law, not racial prejudice. The governor said that the Racial Justice Act aims to ensure that prosecutors and jurors are colorblind. It allows defendants to present statistical evidence that suggests racial bias may have played a role in their cases. While our criminal justice system will continue to have the death penalty, racial disparities have no place whatsoever in North Carolina's criminal justice system, Purdue said. Uh, the death penalty critics have long argued that black suspects, particularly those who are poor, are more likely to get the death penalty than white suspects, especially the, if the person they kill is white. Now, that makes sense to me, but not on a racial level. It makes sense to me because if you're poor, you probably get a public defender. Yes, you do. If you get a public defender, your ass is going to get the death penalty. Public defenders ain't got time to be trying motherfucking <laughs> big time murder cases. All they're worried about is how to clear these cases. It's yeah, like yeah. when you go to work and they're like, hey man, you got 50 uh, invoices to clear by the end of the day. Unfortunately, that's what public defenders have become. It's not like yeah. law and order Dude. where these dudes are like, I'm going to stop this case. I am the best public defender in the world. Like, no. you get a public defender, that dude is like, man, I got a fucking traffic ticket at 12. Then I got your <laughs> ass at 1. Let's, can you just get death and get the fuck out of here? Did you do it? Like, that's all they care about. Yes. So, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not racism involved. That's I'm right. saying that they don't give a fuck. Like, black, white, it don't matter. You poor and you get a public defender, they don't give a fuck about you. Yeah, but I can I can see where this law or this act has some validity because there is a huge, huge disparity. Mm -hmm. I actually uh, am a little familiar with this, and in looking at it, capital punishment is applied to black people way more than it is to white people. In North Carolina alone, you're three and a half times more likely to get the death penalty for the exact same crime right. if you're black. And it all depends on the color of the the color of the Jerk. victim. The, oh, the, the, the victim. Yeah. If a black man kills a white person, he is 14 times more likely to get the death penalty right. than a white person that kills a black person. And it's not only it's not the prosecutor only that imposes the death penalty. You know, the prosecutor has to determine, has to decide if they want to go after the death penalty. And then, you know, the jurors have to decide if they want to impose it. And then the judge has to decide if he wants to impose it. Right. And at every single step, studies have shown that race... All other factors put aside, race makes a difference. Right. It, it makes a big difference. So, I think it, it's... It's not going to solve any problems, right. but at least it's kind of a step in the right direction. It's just weird to me, because there's, like, there's two issues I have with it. Number one, anybody that's killing motherfuckers, I want to, to get the death penalty. Yeah. Right? Alright, so, and, and I don't really care what race you are, because life in prison is death. Like, that's really the determination that we're fighting against. It's like, well, now you can get life. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you get the die in prison instead of whatever instead of dying in prison earlier yeah. and you spend a long time on death row anyway so a death sentence isn't really like yeah. fast forward no. a month later you dead like you get like all these appeals and shit it probably costs more to do the death penalty than no. yeah, get life in a lot of cases it does. yeah so alright so that's number one then the second problem is 
they have to investigate the money. Do you like to just simply look at race? Like it's gonna be a simple. Like it should. It will give you that solution. I think you look at race in pretty much any case throughout America. You're gonna find black people don't have as much money. And the odds of us getting shafted in the criminal justice system are a lot higher. Yes, it is. Because it's not just... It's like if you could take, like, the people that got money, like, say, OJ, like, you have a much better chance of coming out with a, a better circumstance, you know? But everybody don't have Kobe Bryant money. No, they don't. You know what I'm saying? The average nigga get in trouble, it's, it's a broke dude with a public defender and nothing on his side. There, there's a, it's like an assumed guilt. And your public yeah. defender is not about to put his fucking job on the line for you. He's he's probably gonna do the he's probably gonna walk into the room with you and tell you to plead. You need to plead yeah. to some shit because you did this, and even if you didn't, I'm not taking the time to prove that you did. That's right. Most of the dudes, actually, a lot of people that have had their their death penalty cases overturned. Some even found innocent. Mm-hmm. It's been through like social justice projects have nothing has nothing to do with the actual state. Or public defenders. No. It's been actual like lawyers and shit doing pro bono ch- charity work, basically finding these cases and going, "Hey, your DNA, you know, doesn't match this victim. Like, you you should be free." No, like a public defender is not going to help you. So it's kind. Of, I think it's kind of a money issue as a, as well as a race issue. Mm-hmm. Like it's That's it's true. it's kind of hard because in America, money and race are just tied together. Well, the, th- the thing I wonder, and I'm not sure of with this piece of legislation is, is this something you can only use once or can you appeal it? Like if you take it to trial and say, hey, the, the, the DA is racist. Right. And the judge says, we still going to jail. Right. Well, on your next appeal, can you try that again and say the last DA and the last judge was yeah. racist until it goes all the way up to yeah. the North Carolina Supreme Court, or is it just like one and done? I don't know, man. I really don't know. It's kind of an odd law because, unfortunately, I go the other way. I would rather them say, "Let's find more white people." <laughs> extra guilty. Yeah, like give the white people death. Like, not, not. I'm just like it seems like the opposite solution where it's like. Let's let's get more niggas free instead of like let's lock more white people. Let's get them more of the death penalty. Like I don't want anybody that kills people out on the street with me. I'm sorry. Why don't they have like a standard? Like if you do these factors or something similar to it, this is the amount that you can get. Why well, is there that, such they, a? They do a, that. A they place. do that, and that's that's pretty much the the origin of this this piece of legislation is saying that. The black did, did the black guy did this crime. The white guy did this crime. The black guy gets punished harsher because you have to. The uh, case has to be death penalty eligible in order to even get oh, the death penalty. Like okay. you got to be a cop killer or kill somebody when you're fleeing for um, from prison or you know it's got to be something. You can't get the death penalty just for shooting somebody. It's got to be certain certain circumstances okay. to get the death penalty. Okay. But they're saying with cases where people can get the death penalty, black people get it more often. But the thing that I okay. wonder if if we're assuming that that what they're saying is correct, that right. there is this racism. The thing I worry about is that this isn't really going to adjust, address it because if a black person is getting the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Then that means not only is the DA racist, but the judge and the jury are all racist. Yeah. So 
if if you're going to another judge in the same district, right. in this racist ass district, yeah, then <laughs> to say this judge that you're gonna yeah. go to appeal to, he's gonna say, nigga, jail back in jail. Yeah, yeah I don't, so, I don't get it, man. Like, so I don't, I it mean, seems like the thing is, you can't really legislate racism. You can't, because racism is, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but racism is almost impossible to prove. Mm-hmm. It is something that you can suspect. It's something that can have a whole lot of. Uh, uh, like, and, yeah. like there's a lot of hidden evidence That's right. but it's extremely hard to literally prove because you have to prove intent and it, like while I will under, like you know I might give you the nod and head nod like yeah I know that's racist That's right. but if you were actually to sit down and be like you're racist and I'm going to prove it it's very hard to prove to people oh, yeah. somebody's racist because the heart of all these cases is still a murder that took place so it's like you gave him the death penalty because you was racist it's like Okay, so I gave a murderer the death penalty. Actually, the racism is I didn't give a white murderer the death penalty. Because by the standard of the law, you should get the death penalty according to North Carolina. Okay. So, I I don't know, man. It's it's a very complex issue, but I've heard it on the radio the last few days. And a lot of it has just been like... You know, they're framing it like, these black people just trying to get off with anything. They're just going to let you go if you're black. Like, okay. Yeah, really? Yeah, well, for real, though? I mean, of the 163 inmates on death row, 88 are black. Yeah. So, it ain't like they just let niggas free. I don't know. Like, it's always weird because conservative radio is so, like, equal and opposite of black radio. Where they literally try to make it seem like black people have all these advantages in life. And, you know, oh, the poor white man. It's like, okay, I get it, man. I Like, everything's not fair. I understand that shit. But this is not an advantage. Like, niggas is making up 70% of jail. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it ain't like, it ain't like, you know, we, like, the odds of a black man being dead in prison or have like HIV at fucking 21 is ridiculous. Yes. Like, life ain't doing us no fucking favors. Let's not pretend like all these niggas is walking around with CEO jobs because, you know, they just happen to be black, you know? Yeah. And, and from what I've seen, it seems that all the people that are against the legislation, I'm not saying that it's going to work, that I'm for it or against yeah. it, but it I'm seems that all the people that are against it are saying everybody should be judged equally, this, that, and everything yeah. else, and obviously that's not happening, and exactly. I think I think this legislation is just an attempt to say, hey, we did something. Yeah. Instead I, of just saying, I'll just say, look, my whole deal, kill more white people and I'm fine. I'm not I'm, I'm not gonna sit up here and act all sanctimonious when people that murder people get killed. I really am pro-death penalty. I, if you fuck up, you die. I, it's just what happens, man. I don't want you on the street around anybody I love, any of my friends. Like, get your ass to death. Just keep it moving. <laughs> so, I mean, the only unfairness here is if it's and it's probably a money thing, I, more more than a race thing. If they aren't killing right. white people, but and it's because hey, I can hire a real lawyer and plead my way out of it, or get some extenuating circumstances or whatever. That's fucked up, you know. Kill them too is all I'm saying. But you can't legislate that, though. I know, I know. <laughs> well, it's just that no no politician has the balls to pass a kill white people act. Oh, yeah. Ain't nobody. Hey, I don't give a uh, fuck who you, you are. You would lose all your money. Yeah. You would <laughs> never run again. They would run your ass out of town. <laughs> you could be the mayor of D.C. You will not pass that shit. <laughs> I don't care how many niggas vote for you. White people will come out of the woodwork and vote your ass out of office. Quickly, yeah, too. Party knocking on your door. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I can, and like I said, I actually understand the uh, conservative uh, concerns with this act. Because, I mean, it is. On this surface, if you don't really look at the stats and you don't really care, you just want right and wrong, 
you are going to say, why are you giving these people an advantage? But, you know, I just say those people are stupid. Anyway, um, so, there's an SEC porn st uh, scandal. Y'all heard about this? No. Yeah. No. All right, well, this is on uh, CNN. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh -huh. The dudes are just looking at, <laughs> looking at porn all day, every day, while the market was going to shit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the SEC is the Securities oh. and Exchange Commission. Okay. And they're basically charged with watching Wall Street regulating it. Okay. Um, they have not been doing that for a very long time. Yeah. A very long time. It's not this is this is not this is not news to me that they were slacking on their job. But <laughs> anyway. As the country was singing into its worst financial crisis in the more than seventy years, the Security and Exchange Commission employees and contractors cruise porn sites and view sexually explicit pictures using government computers, according to an agency report obtained by CNN. For real? During the past five years, the SEC, Office of Inspector General, sub uh, substantiated that 33 SEC employees and or contractors violated the commission rules and policies, as well as the government-wide standards of ethical conduct, by viewing pornographic, sexually explicit, or sexually suggestive images using government computer resources and official time, said the summary of the investigation by the Inspector General's office. More than half of the workers made between $99,000 and $223,000 a year. All the wow. cases took place over the last five years. In a report, nothing short of disturbing that the high-ranked officials Within the SEC, we're spending more time looking at pornography than taking action to help stave off the events that brought our nation's economy to the brink of collapse. <laughs> Representative Darnell Issa, the Republican, is the ranking member of the House Committee in the Oversight uh, and Government Reform. This stunning report should make everyone question the wisdom of moving forward with plans to give regulators like the SEC even more widespread authority. He said, inexplicably, rather than exercise its uh, existing regulatory enforcement authority, uh, SEC officials were preoccupied with other distractions. So basically, these dudes that were jacking their dick while the market went down. Yeah. It's kind of fucked up because we are doing this in hindsight. Like, everybody did wait till the market went down and it was like, so what have y'all been up to? Yeah. Like, they could have been... For all we know, they could have been jacking their dicks when the market was going up, too. I don't know what they was doing. <laughs> and, my, and my thing, the dumbest part is you work for the government. Every job has, like, papers that you sign, say, we watch you, we monitor your phone call. Yep. We it's not like they were oblivious to this. And I'm like, why would you do something like that at your job? The thing I don't get is... Hell, most companies have it where you can't even go to porn sites. <laughs> and this is a government agency. Yeah. Well, you have sensitive information on your computer, and everybody knows porn sites have all kind of viruses. Yeah. So they're just sitting there. But uh, I read the, I read one, uh, one article on this. They were saying that people were bringing shit from home and uploading on their computers. Like, <laughs> like last drives and shit. And this wow. this one dude was looking at porn eight hours a day. Damn, what? He wasn't doing nothing. He was, was he? he was on his porn. Right. Nah, they must have been just circle jerking. I'm like, hell, my. <laughs> I'm like, my job won't even let me go to like Facebook and yeah. shit. <laughs> they go to like blackbooty.com. What kind of functions do they have? They're like, man, y'all stop jacking around in here and get to work. Just, I don't understand it, man, because, like, I don't understand the urge to want to look at porn that bad. Like, when, and I guess it's real, because, but whenever I hear about people that say, like, 
You know, there's these internet corny bitches. And I, I just laugh because I'm like, who the fuck needs porn that bad? I love, and I love porn. I'm a, I, porn, if you out there listening, I'm a fan. But at the same time, I don't understand how somebody can let that shit take over their life. To where they're really like, I go to work, I need to look at some porn. I'm in the car, I need to look at some porn. But see, I don't think it's that bad. Probably what happened was, they're like, man, I had not looked at porn in a little bit. Let me see if I can look at it at work. Oh, snap. Black yeah. booty's not blocked. So, you know, they go on it one time, yeah. and then they know they didn't get in trouble for that, and so they're going it again. And they're like, well, let me stay right here for two hours this time. Yeah. And then it's just... And eventually it's eight hours a day. Yeah, and the thing I don't get is, okay, if, if you're some broke dude that don't have an internet or a computer at home, yeah. then maybe you need to get your nut while you're at work. Right. But these dudes are making bank. You yeah. telling me they don't have time and a computer at home yeah. and some Wi-Fi? You go to McDonald's get some Wi-Fi. I mean, I'm sorry, man, but what kind of jacking off are you doing at work, man? I'm sorry. I, I mean, not to get too personal, but I like to take I like to take my time with me. But if Rob, you're not going to show yourself some appreciation, Rob, what you don't understand is they have own their own private offices. Every so, one of them. Well, I imagine if you're making six figures and you working for the government, and you probably gonna have a nice little office. Just close the blinds, dim the lights. Put on some jazz. Light <laughs> <laughs> some candlelight. Put <laughs> 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 some the brothers. Show <laughs> yourself better. Turn them off. I know some art, can they? I just don't. I like. I, don't, I still don't get it. I'm sorry. I would be paranoid. Like I, it would give me memories of being back home when you're like 15. And you're like, come on, went to the store. Yeah, come on, went to the store. I got five minutes. Come on. Like I, I don't understand that. Why would you ever have a tense jerk off again? <laughs> <laughs> After like at you at you get out of college and you ain't got no roommates and shit, after you get out of college and you paying your own bills, there should never be another time in your life where you're having an intense holy shit, I got a couple minutes jerk off. I'm sorry. Until you have kids. Yeah, until until you have kids probably or whatever, right? But you, until then you shouldn't have to schedule jerk off time and shit at work. Like uh-huh. Calm down, dude. Calm down. It's really not that important. Yeah, that shit is crazy. Yeah, that was. A, I saw that story. I was just like, I know motherfuckers gonna be mad as hell. <laughs> I lost my four hundred one k, and y'all niggas in here jerking off. <laughs> um. All right. So. Uh, oh, I just had this random thought when I was at work today. Um, it must have sucked to be the first nigga that got shot on Martin Luther King Boulevard. <laughs> Cause like. Everybody knows that all Martin Luther King Boulevard is the most dangerous places in the whole city. And the entire like the entire mentality behind the Martin Luther King Boulevard is bullshit. You you have a bunch of poor people that commit crime and have a bunch of violence. So every city, every major city in America was like, hey, why don't we name our most crime-ridden street after Martin Luther King? And then niggas would just be so inspired by the words of Martin Luther King that they will stop selling drugs and killing yeah, each other. We'll play the I Have a Dream speech over and over again. They'll get it after a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ain't no Martin Luther Kings in uh, Valentine or any of the nice areas in Charlotte. <laughs> but uh, it must have sucked to be that first nigga that got shot. Because you know, you was like... Hey man, the name is after the king, man. I thought we straight now, right? That beef is up. Oh shit! We still shooting niggas. We still on this shit. We is not free. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. Um. Oh, Jason Whitlock, my favorite Arthur. Okay. Um, wrote a, one of the worst articles I've ever read in my life. Um, and it, this is not his first time writing one of the worst articles I've ever read. Like. He writes bad articles on a regular basis. Okay. He's a like a shock jock, but for a sports journalist. Okay. Um, but uh, I just wanted to read this. 
And I actually heard about this first on the Insanity Check podcast, the one I was uh, featured on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I normally don't cover topics if other podcasts have talked about them, but this is such a bad article, I have to read some of it. Okay. All right. Listening to the naive and dishonest media discussions about the latest sexual assault allegations leveled at Ben Roethlisberger, you think Usher and maybe Rick Pitino, or as I like to call Ricky, this isn't in the article, but I like to call Rick Pitino Ricky Three Stacks. Because <laughs> Rick Pitino actually uh, paid $3,000 for an abortion, supposedly. Ain't that that dude that had sex with that lady at the yeah. restaurant? Mm-hmm. That's Ricky Three Stacks. Um, anyway, was the only other American who wants to make love in this club. No wonder Commissioner Roger Goodell had such a difficult time ruling on how long to suspend the Pittsburgh quarterback. On Wednesday, Goodell banned Roethlisberger for six games. It's a fair suspension. Unfortunately, Pac-Benz, he's making a joke about Pac-Man. Very corny, very corny. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Uh, transgressions have never been put in a proper perspective for the public. Tiger Woods life coach Herm Edwards declared the Big Ben's moral compass is out of whack. Moralizing shallow newspaper and internet columnists blasted the 28-year-old Roethlisberger for fishing in a college bar with the oldest lure in the book, alcohol. Damn right. And race-baiting simpletons <laughs> wanted to keep a racial scoreboard on how Goodell and the Steelers handle Pac-Ben as opposed to Pac-Man Jones and kick to the curb Steelers wide receiver Santonio Holmes. Um... It's kind of weird that he's like highlighting the racial aspect of it, because for me specifically, I think I looked at race only in the fact of this is a highly respected white quarterback, but I've never really thought of it as like he'll get off, he'll get less punishment than a black person. Some people probably did look at it like that, but I've never thought that because. Some of the shit that black people have done that got the worst punishments in the NFL have been really, this really bad things. It, yes. Like, I haven't, I like, I don't necessarily like the way they do their suspensions in the NFL. I think they should have a panel. They shouldn't have one man deciding all this shit. Yeah. But, in all fairness, Roger Goodell has done a great job. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Roger Goodell yet have a suspension where I was like, he just did that because he was black. Like, if you <laughs> no, really think about it, he no. only suspended Michael Vick for, like, two or four games. Like, yeah. And Michael Vick didn't cooperate, and he lied. Yeah, I and mean, you, come and on I, now. You would think that he would have came down with the hammer, but technically, Mike Vick was in prison when he missed his whole season. Yes, there was no punitive like, okay, now you miss another season, you lying motherfucker. Like, I've never felt that racism. The Dante Starworth cooperated from day one, mm-hmm. got off with an extremely light sentence. So to to throw up the racial card, I thought that wasn't fair, unfair. And I will give Whitlock credit on that. If you're looking at this as a race thing, you are all you are all base. Like it, this is this was never to me a race thing. No, it wasn't. Some people wanted it to be, and I think if they would have said like Ben Roethlisberger suspended for one game, then you would have heard the fucking cries. But um, all right. So let me get back to this shit. Um, a lifetime ban for Big Ben wouldn't have cleaned up the stench of Dante Stallworth's DUI manslaughter, Michael Vick's bad news kennel, Plasto Bird's gun conviction, Ray Roof's baby mama murder, Pac-Man strip club wilding. Should I carry on? I don't know why he threw Ray Roof in there because that happened before the deal. It sure did. So I don't know what that. Yeah, who's killing a lot of Panther? Yeah, and then Dante Stallworth's DUI manslaughter was a life penalty, so I don't know where he was coming out. 
But you know, Ray, he likes to throw a bunch of racial shit in there. Like he's one of those people that throws everything against the wall and hopes that some shit sticks. Because uh-huh. he's not very well, in my opinion, he's not very intelligent. Um, but maybe he's extra intelligent because he got people to talk about it. And there's a lot of people that uh, <coughs> give a lot of credit to people that say controversial things and get people to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. I'm sorry. If Sarah Palin's a dumbass. And that gets people talking about her. I don't feel like she accomplished anything. No. In my opinion. Like, and it don't change the fact that she dumb. Yeah. Like, you're not smarter because you managed to Tyler Perry your way into some money. Just, <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck about you. you. You Like, now we'll just all talk about how stupid you are. If that's what moves your meter, then be happy. Um. Anyway. Uh. So, I kind of want to skip down a little bit. Because I want to go into where he really goes wrong. According to witnesses, which he puts in quotes... Um, why would you put witnesses in quotes when it's a fucking statement of fact? You're either a witness or you're not. There's no quotations to put around witness. If they're in the police report and it's given a fucking witness account, they are a witness. Now, I think I think the reason he's saying that is because he's not sure if the people actually witnessed the event or if they're lying. But right. it's unnecessary to put it in here and it's just being facetious. Yeah, so. definitely. Like, he's fishing for, I want to offend you some kind of way. Uh, Roethlisberger's bodyguard dragged the accuser to, accuser, accuser to the bathroom, blocked the entrance into the bathroom, and Roethlisberger approached the accuser with his penis exposed. Oh, yeah. And this is multiple people. <laughs> this is multiple people that said this. So, unless these girls came up with the quickest lie, the quickest setup mm-hmm. in the history of the NFL, in the history of group exchanges, yeah. like these bitches, these college women had their shit together. What? <laughs> they they had mapped it out. They had pre-written, uh, pre-written plays. They're like, yeah. all right, there's an NFL player. You say the bodyguard, Doug, you in there, and he whipped his dick out. Yeah. All right, break. Who else saw the dick? Me, me, me. No, not No, me. you weren't supposed to see it. Remember, you were looking ball. at the door. All right, I'm looking at the dick. Break. <laughs> But yeah, and the thing is, they're all fucking drunk, so it works twofold. It's like you can't say, "Well, these girls are so drunk that testimony can't be relied upon," but at the same time, go, "But they came up with this immaculate plan to set up Big Ben." Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were so drunk, we immaculately set up this quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, um, um, once these accounts were introduced as evidence, which he also puts in quotations. Into the court of public opinion. As if this is not a fucking routine operation. When people witness things, they are introduced into evidence. It happens in every case, in every trial. There's no trial where you don't have quote unquote evidence when it's a witness, eye, uh, eyewitness account. That's always evidence. Like, you, you can't just put parentheses. It's like he's randomly putting, if you look at the parentheses around the. Like, you, dude, you can't just put parentheses around shit and just say, well, that's not true. Anyway, uh, broadcasters and pundits had all the ammo they needed to convict Ben as disgusting and called for Goodell to take swift and hard action. Uh, it was completely irresponsible. Statements made by drunken sorority girls are not facts. Statements made by sober sorority girls wow. about an evening spent bar hopping and drinking are not facts. So, sober or drunk, if you're in a sorority, Jason Whitlock says you're a liar. That's it. Um, that's the way he goes. Uh, late last week, I received an email from a former sorority president and current advisor to a sorority. She warned me that the media were being foolish for believing allegations of drunken 20-somethings. She explained what she'd witnessed firsthand as a student and what she now deals with as an advisor. I would like to take note here. He doesn't name this person. Yes, that's, that's what I'm about to say. Who is she? So he has no problem 
taking the words of a sorority person who is anonymous in this article, and we should all take her word. But yet, the late the women who were in the police report, we should not take their word because they were in a sorority. So it's like a contradiction. Yeah. Who? What? What the hell kind of sorority advisor is gonna say? Don't believe my girls. Yeah. You gonna come out and say some shit like that? Yeah. And I guarantee these weren't her girls. It was just some sorority person he knows. That's right. Some chick he knows in the sorority. Could have been the fat chick that never got it. Yeah. The play. chick that wanted to be in the sorority. Yeah. It could have been the one that got kicked out. It could be anybody. But he's quoting this article as fact. I'm supposed to believe this. <laughs> could be one of those service fraternities. Yeah. I'll need to add, email him. Was your sorority a witness sober or drunk? Mm-hmm. So I want to know how much to not believe them. Um, some young women use alcohol as an excuse to be sexually aggressive at fraternity houses and nightclubs and then quickly concoct a story of sexual assault when confronted by their disapproving fit peers. Most of the allegations never make it to police headquarters. The allegations are too sketchy and the accuser's immediate jury of peers reject them. So basically saying girls say they got raped and then their, their own friends are like, girl, you ain't get raped and then that's it. Yeah, so pretty much according to him, any chick at a bar... You can rape any chick at a bar because anything she says won't be believed because she's a 20-something at a bar. Sorority women, and I've said this, I don't know, a hundred times in this podcast, women in sororities are impossible to rape. I'm sorry. It's all consensual to me. I mean, shit, why'd you play AKA if you ain't into rape? You can't spell rape without A. So I don't get it. Um, uh, it's 2010, not 1910. Um, oh, he brings up the fact that the girl had a, a down to fuck uh, supposedly uh, thing on her shirt, like a, a name tag on her shirt. But the girl even said it's an inside joke with her friends. And you know what? I believe that shit because women do dumb shit like that yeah. all the time. Where they like go on the dance floor, dance suggestively with their friends. A nigga walks up like, oh shit. And it's like, mm-mm. I'm just having fun with my girl. And I personally hate that. Yeah, every, every nigga hates <laughs> Every man hates that. There's no man that likes that shit. Every, dudes like to pretend they like it. No. But it's all a tease. You, it's like you, you watch your girlfriend make out with, uh, with some chick at the bar. And you're like, oh shit. You walk over and it's like, mm-mm, this is just for us. <laughs> what makes you think I get down like that? And I'll be like, take that shit at home then. Yeah, exactly. They want to keep it at the bar. It's like, I might have on a hooker's uniform, but I'm not a hoe. Um, so, uh, if you read the police accounts, the accused sorority sisters drove this case. If Big Ben's bodyguards dragged the accuser to the bathroom, you can make the argument that her sorority sisters dragged her to the police. Her initial story to the police was weak at best and made it absolutely no sense at worst. So, basically, she was so drunk she couldn't come up with uh, an accurate story in according to Jason Whitlock. Yet... She was not too drunk to consent to sex. Yeah. Like, come on. At some point, you had to put some onus on Ben Roethlisberger. And this is just pretty much a whole indictment on, hey, there's nothing he could have done that was wrong. And, and my personal opinion, and it just really irks me and makes me so upset. I think me and you talked about this. But the fact that he is a football player, and a lot of people love their football and a lot of people think they football players can do nothing wrong. And you got these fanatic fans that are basically coming out and saying that these women are lying, these women are not telling the truth, yeah. you know, these women are whores, you know. And to me as a woman, you're coming across as a rapist. And people yeah. will not admit that. You know, basically you're saying 
if I'm a woman and I get drunk, you have the right to rape me. Right. If, if you know, that's technically what you're saying. That's what he's saying, basically. And and nobody really wants to come out and state the fact that no woman deserves that. And not only that, I'm like you. How could they come up with this and the whole group has been drinking? This is like, not a setup. I'm sorry. No, it's not. And I, no, I know that not. we're not supposed to. Uh, Make anybody guilty, you know, they're proven innocent, all that but, shit. But, but it's too many but, factors. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Big Ben Roethlisberger like rape bitches. That's what he does. This is like fourth time being accused of rape. It is hard to get accused of rape four times. What? It is not. It is you, very hard. You, you I'm stuck people, at three myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I was, I'm looking for my fourth strike. You know what I'm saying? You have guys that get accused of it once, and they just flat paranoid. Every time somebody look at them, I didn't touch her. I, I didn't do nothing to her. Yeah. And you mean tell me that this happened several times, and your conduct telling me that this is a behavior pattern? You know what's even more ironic about this? Whitlock wrote an article like maybe two or three months ago about a white sorority that won a black step show event. Okay. And was and he was like, oh, black people are so racist. They don't want white people to win. So he was in full support of those sorority people that happened to be white or whatever. Now a white sorority girl gets raped and it's like, see, these bitches is always tripping. You can't trust them. Uh, so I don't know. He's just a guy that likes to go contrary yes. trying to win uh, something. All right, so I want to read this article. Um... Black women urged to date interracially. I thought that, uh... Interesting. Yeah, I thought, I thought y'all guys might want to hear about like this. Like some white sugar, some cream, yeah, some French vanilla. Yeah, my wife and I talk about this sometimes. For, did you see the uh, Nightline thing about the successful black women who, uh... Were uh, couldn't find a man. No, but I've I've read 11 million articles about it. Yeah, I saw a little bit of it, probably about maybe 10, 15 minutes of it, and um, it was disgusting, man. It was really, it was horrible. What was so bad about it? What was it saying? Um, actually, no, fuck this article. Let's just talk about it. Like it was saying, first of all, the panel uh-huh. is Sherry Shepard, who's been divorced, has a kid, and she's like 40 something. Yeah. It's uh, Steve Harvey, who's been divorced twice on his third wife, um, has a book out as Black Women's Body. Anyways. Yeah. Um, a fucking comedian, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there's like a couple other dudes that are on the panel that um, I don't know their names. One's an actor and one wrote a book called The Denzel Principle, which is trying to say that all these women can't find a man because they're all looking for the perfect man and he doesn't exist, so that's why they don't find a man. And, um... It's kind of what what made me mad about it is the entire thing was set up as a face off. Mm-hmm. So and and if you look at just black relationships in general, single people, not even married people, people whatever. Yeah. We already have this problem in our community of black men versus black women. It's so adversarial. Like y'all, this is where y'all fuck up, and then the other, this is where you fuck up. Like people have such a high opinion of themselves. That they can't ever possibly critically take a look at themselves and be like, well, I guess I could do this. You know what I'm saying? So you have, so now you've taken this problem, put it on national TV, as if you represent all black people. And you don't. And you're arguing with each other. Like, that's going to solve anything. No. That's the fucking problem in a nutshell right there. Yeah, I think, I think the problem in general is just that people can't see past themselves. They're looking at everything from their own perspective. Like, I'm a black man. So... 
I'm a good black man, yeah. and this is why I can't find exactly. a good black woman. And the black woman was like, well, shit, I'm a good black woman. Yeah. I can't find a good black man, so something must be wrong with you. And I agree. Nobody wants, to, nobody wants to look at themselves, and nobody wants to admit that both sides have things that are fucked up. When you look at, like, Sherry Shepard in particular, um, and I, I hate that I'm forgetting these guys' names, but the actor guy. They both use very specific examples from their life as if that is extrapolated to the entire black community. Yeah. And that's not fair because you guys are quote-unquote successful. Part of being successful is being career-oriented, education-oriented, yeah. always looking to improve yourself. And, and guess what that means? That means families to the side, kids to the side. Like It's a selfish Life yeah. and there's nothing. People say, "Oh, selfish is bad." Oh, there's nothing. nothing wrong I'm not making that. a value judgment yeah, on being selfish. Nothing wrong with that. If you want to go get your education and you want to like it. move from place to place and follow your career, nothing's wrong with that. But don't look at everyone else like people are supposed to stop what they're doing and cater to your fucking needs. Like you don't, you don't look like people look at marriage like a goal that of something like I want to have a 30th birthday party. And I want to be married when I'm 30. Like, people look at marriage like it's just something you check off a list. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard. It's something you have to it's something you have to work at even after you get married, yo. Right. Um, it's, it's, something that, uh, it's something that you cannot just put a date on and just, you know, play duck, duck, goose with people like, whatever nigga is around on the 30th of November, he's the one. You getting married. Like, yeah. come on. Or I got my best friend, who shall remain nameless. Yeah. Um, she, she pretty much said... By the time I'm 25, I want to be married. And right now, she's 26. Yeah. And she's feeling very depressed. Yeah. Because she's looking at it as, well, I should have had it done by this, this time. And the way I look at it is, I'm not in any rush to get married. Because the way I look at marriage is, I'm going to do it once and I'm going to do it right. And right. I'm going to find the right person. But a lot of people feel that, well, if I haven't done it by this time, I'm a failure. I need yeah. to do this. This, this is what this is what all my other friends are doing. That's a big one. You know, all of yeah. my other friends are married. So... It, when people are. say, when people say, this is what age I want to be married at, I want to be like, well, what age do you want to be divorced at? Because that's not how marriage works. It just isn't an age thing. It's a maturity thing. It's not a, it's not a any person thing. It's a right person. Yeah, thing. I was gonna say it's not even about. I mean, you can be, you can be mature. You can be, you have the maturity of a forty year old yeah. at twenty, but still not find the compatible person exactly. until you're forty. So yeah, I, when I thought of maturity, I mean it more like. There's a lot of people who will get married regardless of their current maturity. Yeah. Where they're just like, I'm 25, I should be married. Motherfucker, I know your life. You, you're not, you're not, uh, you don't live the life of someone who is ready to be married. Like, look at your actions. Yep. Yeah. I had a friend, and she's a good friend, she probably listened to this podcast. But she, like, she moved a lot to pursue her education and her career. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, I'm, I'm going here now, I'm going there now, I'm getting this now, I'm getting this degree, I'm getting this type of job. And it's like... Why can't I find a man? Well, do you really want a man? Look at your life. What is, What about your life says, I'm ready to settle down. I'm ready to be committed. I'm ready to have children. I'm ready to do all this shit. You know, like, don't just think because you want it bad that that's, that's the same as deserving something. No. I want a lot of it. I want a million dollars, but I don't deserve it. Man. I ain't done shit to deserve it yet. So I'm going to sit up here and be like, why well, I ain't got my million dollars? I'm so depressed. Now my feelings is hurt. So um that's a big part of it. Then like the look at like I looked at the panel. They are relationship hustlers. And I came up, they're hustlers. They are pimping you relationships. Someone asked me on Twitter, like, well black men ain't that concerned about relationships. 
So why you don't see black men on 60 Minutes and Nightline? You know why? Because niggas don't buy books. Black men are not spending money. Follow the fucking money. You want to know, you want to know, you want to know why Nightline did a special on why black women can't find a man? It's literally because black women will watch it. They will spend the money on the book that all these motherfuckers are selling. That's right. They'll go to the, the entire coliseum they were in was pretty much at least 90% black women. Yeah. I so, know. like, they're hustling this relationship shit to these women. And, and and the number one way to sell this shit I came up with, very easy. Because I was, I was always like, why do they always have these derogatory titles and these derogatory stances towards the women? It's easy. They're mean to the women in these books and on this panel and in their advice because if you if you tell somebody the problem is in you, it actually makes that person feel a sense of control. Like they don't actually demean themselves and go, "Oh, I'm a piece of shit." What they go is, "Oh, there's hope. I can fix these things, and then I'll get a man." But what they don't realize is that relationships are like 95% fucking luck. Yeah. It is random. It is extremely random. Yeah. You might and like you might meet the right person, but you might meet them at the wrong time. Yep. That's true. That doesn't work. Yep. You might meet the wrong person, but you say you one of those people that are like, I want to get married at 30. Divorce. You might, you know what I'm saying? There's a bunch of shit that happens in a relationship that's completely random. You might be sailing on Easy Street. One thing happens in your relationship, and all of a sudden it's like this shit ain't gonna work. You know, yeah. she found out I got a text message, and it's from my mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you who the fuck is Judy? You like Judy is my mama. But fuck this fuck, shit. Who the fuck is mama? Yeah, Mama Sita. Yeah, <laughs> who the fuck is that? Like, no, that is my mama. Yeah, <laughs> who you texting talking about? Hey, mommy. Hmm. Be like, mama, mommy. <laughs> you cheat. So like anyway, there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of that shit going around, and I, I I don't know I like I thought about it after I watched that, and I was just so disgusted, man, because I wouldn't trust any of these people, man. Yeah, man, Steve Harvey. First of all, you know I, I talked to my wife about this. I'm like, why the hell would you go to him right. for relationship advice? I was like, shit, if he can write a book, I can write a book. Yeah. Because he ain't saying nothing. He's he pretty much took the script from uh, whatever that damn movie was. Um, Waiting in Excel? No, no, the one where the dude was telling the girl how to. Oh, oh, uh, uh, he's just not that Indian. Yeah, he took he took the the script from that and just wrote it down or whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, he's he's been divorced several times. Um, the advice he gives because he does a whole little strawberry letter every yeah, morning on his show. The advice he gives garbage. But people just keep coming to him. I don't know why. And I'm like, well, shit, let me get the talk show and slide some books. I think it's like, one, he already had that built-in audience. Yes, he did. And then, you know, and and I hate to bring this up, but it's the same thing as the black church. You have a lot of men talking to a group of women, telling them what is wrong with them, and promising them if you fix it, You'll, and a lot of black churches pro- promote this mysterious man out here that all these women will get if they just fix everything with God. And it's like, you're just pimping this relationship in a different way to these women where it's like, you know, the reason you can't get a man is because some of y'all don't like to cook. Oh, amen, hallelujah. And it's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess he's right. And like, the whole time you're just kind of trying to beat these women down into like, into this dream of this like pyramid scheme of an imaginary man that's gonna come along and save everything, be perfect, and do everything you want, and it's just like it's all fucking luck. Yeah, cause I know I know um, a long time ago, one of my friends sent me this article on 
why black women can't find no good black man and so forth so on and you know it pissed me off because I was right. tired of getting these same damn emails so I wrote I wrote an article back and yeah. at the end I wrote well even if you do find this good black man why the hell would he want you I mean right. you gotta think if there's a man like that out there somewhere he gonna have to pick up any woman he wants so unless you're the perfect right. woman which obviously you're not because you haven't found nobody yet yeah, right. then what makes you think that they're gonna want you too I mean yeah. it's, it's reciprocal you gotta and, and the thing is there's no perfect woman no. there's no perfect man like Mm-mm. people are either good for each other or they're not I you like, can either tolerate the shit they do wrong or you can't right. and, and, and there's this idea that you know there's this Romeo and Juliet sitting out waiting on each other yeah. and this like there's the other thing is like this implied ownership of black women and men like we own each other. Yeah. Man, we went to the podcast game Monday mm-hmm. and they had the kiss cam and it was two interracial couples on the kiss cam and it was both white dudes with black women mm-hmm. and they kissed or whatever and it was one of those like good for y'all. I don't like yeah, <laughs> seriously. You me. Congratulations. You know, as long as you have you know what's you know what's funny for me care. about that though is because I'm the I'm the only man in my family. I have yeah. two sisters and a mother. My father passed. So you know, growing up, a lot of times they were like, "Well, you you don't date these white girls. Yeah. Stay away from the white girls." But it's now, but now yeah. it's like if they see my little sister dated a white boy, yeah. and I was like, "Well, you know what." If he treats her well, that's whatever. Fuck. That's but right. my mom was like, "Go ahead, get you a white boy, because the black boy is out here." Yeah. Da, 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 da. And I was like, "Well, it's a double standard." Yeah, it's like, well, and, and I mean, in all fairness, there's a double. St- it's, a, it's it's on both sides. Like there are a lot of men that don't like to see black women with white dudes. Like, oh, so you try to get something new? Like, who gives a fuck? It's li- listen. It is not your dick. Mm-mm. And the, I, I'm, 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 I know it's, it's, it might be selfish. I'm only concerned about one dick, and it's mine. Yep. I really don't care what you do with your dick. It's really just keep it away from me, and we are That's even. Right. You know, you have no social responsibility with your sex life. There, you should not be walking around like, well, if I don't find a black woman, I let everybody down. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? If you're happy, be happy. That's right. That's all I care about. I really these broad sweeping generalizations of. Black men do this, and white women do that, and black white black women do that. Like, really? Because if you can't find one woman of any race that's cool with you, then something's just fucked up with you. And if you can't find one man of any race that'll be with you, maybe you just need to work on yourself. And it's like I said, it's mostly love. Me and Karen met at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ain't luck. What the fuck I know at sixteen? <laughs> I wasn't sitting around like, yeah, baby, me and you forever, forever, ever, yeah, ever, ever. And you know at 16, like, everybody says that. Yeah. Like, we're going to be together forever. It just happened that we got lucky and ended up being right. But it could have just as easily been some other bullshit. Could've like been at 36. Yeah. yeah. Like, who knows? Who knows? It's just very odd to hear these people say this shit. Yeah, because I, like, I feel like I got lucky with my wife because, you know, when when we met, I had gotten out of a relationship and everything. And I wasn't looking at all. And, yeah. you know, I hollered at her. We started talking. I was like, well... For right now, she's something to do in the meantime. Right. You know, didn't think it'd be anything great, and it turned out to be good. But it's because I wasn't looking; I wasn't yeah. expecting anything of it. It's it luck. Just happened. It's, it's, it's luck. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's luck. You, it was right time, right person yeah. in your life. And it, that's it. Yeah. That is the ingredients. Every, all yeah. these books and shit. Try it's to, a waste of time. These books oh, try oh, to oh. convince you that there's like a formula and some things you got to well, do. No. None well, of it matters. The thing is, I think some of it does matter because sometimes you do need to take a look at yourself and yeah. realize that you know you're fucking up. 
So I think to some degree they do help. Well, here's the thing: the thing you can find in one book, you, you can find, find in all any of them. book. Like, yeah. it, like it, there's no special information in "Think right. Like a Man, Act Like a Woman" or whatever. You know, relationships for dummies. There's really no difference in these books. It's just whether you like the art, art, the author or not. But in general, the books are all telling you very obvious things that. Yeah. Let's face it: if you don't already have the shit in the book together. You already you got a long way to you go. You already lost. Like, if you really need a book to be like, you should probably work on your credit. You already fucked up. I don't, like, I don't know if it's stuff like that. But I guarantee like, that shit's in there. Oh, I mean, uh, I mean that uh, yeah. is probably in there. But I mean, like, yeah. stuff like, if you're the woman, stop being so masculine. And if yeah. you're the man, stop being such a bitch. You know, right. man up and put some boxes <laughs> on. Yeah. You, like, know, you should know that. You don't, but if you don't have anybody in your life, yeah, you, grew up, you. you grew up in a house full of women and everything, didn't have nobody to show you how to be a man, which happens quite often, you might not know this stuff. Well, what's but, weird about that is why are you looking for a relationship? Yeah, you're so, already a fucked up individual. Time, not reading the book. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, right. Like, it's just weird to me because the actual pitfalls of marriage are number one, finances. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And number two is like cheating. Like, these are two things that you should get your shit together on before you come into a relationship. But yet, constantly people fall short. But um, yeah. I just yeah. want to talk about that real quick. Yeah. But um, I just, I don't know. I thought that was weird, man. Because they, they're definitely hustling these relationships, man. And the other thing I, I that, that I accept as a general rule of thumb, everybody, probably like the high ninety percent now, is fucked up. Everybody is fucked up in some way. Most people are dysfunctional, selfish, have a much higher opinion of themselves than they should, yeah. and it's our way of coping and getting through life. We can't. If you actually were to look at yourself very critically every fucking day, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be around you because you'll be a negative motherfucker. <laughs> Hey, Will, what's going on? Oh, man, I put on a couple pounds. What was popping, Rod? Well, you know, my hairline's receding and shit. <laughs> I'm just not the man I used to be. Damn. Oh, I just feel like being my wife. She got on my nerves. So, yeah. Um, I, I thought we'd talk a little bit about... Um, I was going to talk about the Arizona Immigration Bill, but I'm going to save that for... Um, Riggs is going to be on a podcast Sunday. Okay. And he's a hardcore Republican. I want to hear his. Yeah, opinion. I want to hear that. Because I think we all going to agree, which is, this is fucked up. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't just be carding motherfuckers you like know, it's the club. You know, I, I, not to jump into this too much, but I think, I think the shit's funny, personally. It is funny. I don't think it's going to do very well because the people you make and enforce it are not going to enforce it. Yeah. That's probably half of your enforcement. Applies to this law, they're gonna yeah. get checked too. It's just so very it's just, odd that this is your standard is literally profiling. And yeah. yes, I'm not. And the thing is, I'm not so much against the bill as I am just like I'm more perplexed that this passed and that they're gonna do it. Yeah, I'm kind of for the actual idea of the bill because if you look at the United States, we need a test run of anything like. States, in my opinion, states should be where we test run shit before we do anything federally. So, if this is a huge disaster in Arizona, that should tell everybody, well, one way to not do immigration is to start randomly checking motherfuckers that look Mexican. It ain't like they checking Canadians. They don't don't have any kind of of standard or anything. Be like, hey, if you look illegal... Finger quotes Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then check them. Latino, Hispanic. <laughs> we put you all. How are they just gonna person. be walking up? They just gonna be walking up to people like, "Hey man, what's up? Nothing." Okay, Fossa. I said nothing. Oh, so you speak Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see them papers, dog. 
We're gonna pull you over, and then if you don't have your registration signed, we'll just tack that onto the ticket. It seems like that kind of law where it's like you were speeding. Hey, you got drunk. Yeah, you look a little You look a little Mexican to me. Uh, how about you pull out those papers? Yeah, you been eating tortillas today? Juan Sanchez, you say? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's such a racist law, and it's just weird that they're putting it on the books. But it is. I do want to kind of see it play out just to see if it's a clusterfuck or if it actually does clear up the problem in Arizona. Because what I think is going, what they're really trying to do is create an environment of, hey, if you look Mexican, don't come your ass in Arizona, legal or not. Yeah. We will be pulling your ass over. And the thing is that everybody's going to be harassed, even the people that are here. And yeah. that's kind of the downside. See, that, that was that was the plan, though, because... You know, the, I'm here and you're still harassing me, too. Come on. Yeah, but, but the, the, the problem is, and when you're saying the people that are here, I'm assuming you're meaning legally. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, they're going the, here, the, they got uh, their paperwork. Yeah, still the problem is all the people that are already here, because even if you do shut down the border, you got 511 million illegals. Yeah. what they say, like 460,000 or something? I don't know. And the Illegal, and the thing is, everybody gets so up in arms about illegal immigration, but we don't really have anybody that's going to go get paid straight cash, no benefits, what? to cut somebody's grass for $6 an hour. I'm sorry. Man. And, if, and unless y'all want to start paying for these fucking home improvements y'all been doing, <laughs> then, then y'all need to chill the fuck out. I, I think the I think is, they should leave illegal immigration 100% alone. I do too. And I, I know it's too. fucked up, I but it should, I'm, not, I'm not promoting amnesty because mm-hmm. if you promote amnesty, then you have to start counting those people. You just have to start putting their money towards Social Security. Right now, we kind of have the best of both worlds. We get cheap labor, and they don't. They can't really collect any benefits from the government because the second they do, it's like, uh, where are you from again? So they they basically die poor. They they can't get Social Security benefits when they're sixty. Yeah. I just thought it was a really odd time for this because typically you they would address this when when it would matter. When you would, yeah. there, there's a lot of other stuff that's important that's pressing on the table. So yeah. The, the, the only reason you would address this is because your constituents are up in arms about it. It's something that they're yeah. they're upset with. So it's weird timing for this. I agree, man. Uh, here's another article I wanted to read. Um, is the Tea Party racist? Now, me and you haven't really talked about the Tea Party in general. Uh, um, my contention is, yes, there's a lot of angry, upset white folks. And, um, yes, a lot of them are racist. But my main problem with the Tea Party isn't Oh, all of y'all motherfuckers racist. It's you have racist people in your group, and you know it, and y'all don't y'all don't correct them out. Yeah. My question is my question is, which has yet to be clearly defined. What the hell is the Tea Party exactly? Like, what yeah. do they stand for? So forth, yep. so on. It's just it's like a, just a bunch of angry people that just got together, but they're not angry about the same thing. They're just. They have too many issues. Yeah. They literally yeah. like that's yeah. the thing. They everybody's like, why don't they have a figurehead or a candidate? 
They'll never have a candidate because no candidate can embody all their issues. Mm-hmm. Some of their issues contradict each other. Yeah. Yes. And they just, you know, some dudes are just in there because they think Obama's going to take their gun. Yeah. That's true. You know, like there's like there's a bunch of, there's this mix up of people that are just aiming for different reasons. So. I, think, I think there are a lot of people in the Tea Party that don't give a damn about any of these issues. Right. They just don't like Obama. And exactly. they're just united in their hatred for Obama. Yeah. They don't give a damn about gun control because they don't they're not worry about the guns getting taken away right. or the taxes. They just are around this a bunch of people that don't like and Obama getting What's together. odd about that is you can't really prove that those people are racist. They could actually legitimately be like, today was the fucking day that I'm fucking sick of Democrats. Because if you look at the rhetoric between the parties and between like talk radio and TV over the past like eight to ten years. It has gotten to the point where people are ridiculous. Like, yeah. it caters to the ridiculous now. Like, it's literally, the rhetoric has become, yeah. they are going to kill your grandmama. <laughs> they, these people, you know, they, global warming is going to kill everybody in two days. Like, it has become to the point where people are just fucking crazy. So, I don't know that um, these that these people all are racist. I don't believe that. But do I believe some of them are? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Hell yes. How can you not believe that? And for people to, like, I remember across on my, on my um, Facebook page said a comment that was like, man, people are over the fact that Obama's black, man. That was when it was elected. Okay, like, yeah, because, you know, racist people just kind of give up after a couple months, yeah. right? No. I'm not racist anymore. That was September. <laughs> Come on, dog. Anyway, let me read a little bit of this. Um, That's so last season. Ever since, yeah. <laughs> Racism is out in 2010. We're bigger than now. Ever since the Tea Party phenomenon gathered steam last spring, it has been plagued by charges of racism. Placards at rallies have depicted President Obama as a witch doctor, denounced supposed plans for white slavery, likened Congress to slave owner and taxpayer to an N dash 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 R. I wonder what word that could be. Diggy? I don't know. I'm going to say nagger. Uh, opponents have seized have seized on their uh, examples as proof that the Tea Party are angry white folks who can't abide by having a black president. Supporters, on the other hand, claim that the hateful signs are a work of a small fringe that they unfairly maligned as a movement that seeks to uh, simply seeks to rein in big government in the absence of empirical evidence to support either characterization. The debate has essentially deadlocked. Um, so basically, people in the Tea Party are like. Oh, it's only a couple of racist people out here. Which is a fucking terrible defense, though. Like, that's like if, if, if I have, you know, white friends or whatever, and they come over to the house, and I got, like, signs that, you know, like, the Black Power Fist, the African Medallion, uh, Gorillas in the Mist CD playing. Malcolm X. Um, yeah, when they walk in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Malcolm X, and I'm like, oh, hey, white devil, come on in. You got your dashiki on? Yeah, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then for them to be like, hey, man, this is kind of making me uncomfortable, and I'm like, oh, no, man, I'm just a little bit racist. Like, you know, it's just like 5 10% racist, like, not 90 It doesn't me like you. But, um, Thank you. <laughs> until now, that is. A new survey by the University of Washington Institute for the Study of Nef- Ethnicity, Race, and Sexuality offers fresh insight into the racial attitudes of Tea Party sympathizers. The data suggests that people who are in the Tea Party supporters have a higher probability, 25% to be exact, of being racially resentful for those who are not Tea Party supporters, says Christopher Parker, who, directly, who directed the study. The Tea Party is not just about politics and the size of government. The data suggests it may also be about race. Which is such a like common sense thing for most black people. Like, 
Most black people looked at the first rally and was like, that is a lot of angry white people. Yes. And ain't nothing changed. I'm not going to be a part of that. All they mentioned is missing this. There's one line in there that kind of confused me where it said they're racially resentful for people who are not Tea Party members. So to me, that line is saying that only. White people can be in the Tea Party because yeah. how else are you gonna be racially resentful yeah. if you're not a member? That's like right. saying you can only have one type of member. Right. Yes, yeah. that's true. And the sad part about they it, are like ninety something percent white though. Yeah. yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. And then all black people have some of the same issues and agree, but we would dare go out there and miss the deal. Like, mm. no. See, that's the thing. Like, um, I wonder what would happen if they opened up their doors to like more people, where it's like, look, we're kicking these racist motherfuckers out. Just come join us if you're angry at your senator, your congressman, your government, be a movement, these policies. Man. You will have more people because more people, there are a lot of people who are like, I agree with some of y'all shit, but I ain't racist. That's right. And I ain't about to put my name next to the racist dude as, yeah, me and Jim Bob both support bringing out the president. Like, I'm not co-signing with your ass. You, no. you sitting up here with the nigger sign, and I'm sitting up here with the, you know, stop the war sign. We can't yeah. fucking get on the same page, y'all. Yeah. Well, it's like you said before, since they're growing, they're accepting anybody. Yep. And they're, they're going to have, if they're actually going to become a relevant political right. party, they're going to have to walk a fine line as to when are they going to start kicking out people that give them a bad name in, in yeah. order to get... You know, the numbers have to be large enough, but the the danger is by the time the number is large enough that they're that the, the people's connotation of them is so yes. negative yes. that even yeah. if you agree with them, you're not gonna want to be a part of them. Yeah. And to think that their primary defense against charges of racism isn't, hey man, we're right. trying to get that out of here, that you know, or like their primary thing is like well, no, you're a racist. It's like, then what the fuck, man? That is not how you win an argument. That's how you keep your numbers small. Like, if you want to grow, you have to be like, you know, we're working on that. We're trying to get people out of there. And part of our movement is to educate people that this is not a racial movement. This is a movement for blah, blah, blah. That's right. But they, I think they're afraid of putting any type of line on their politics because the second they do, some people are going to leave that party. Regardless of where, even if they were to say, we are racist 100%, there's some people that would be like, oh. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I, I just fail. wonder, I just wonder would it even hurt if you if got rid of those people? I mean, That's what I'm saying. If, if, if supposedly they aren't this high percentage of people, yeah. speak out against it, get them out of there. Cut the dead weight. But they're kind of, like I said, I think they're afraid because their party isn't defined. They're afraid, what if people are right and it is, say, 20% of our people? Then all of a sudden it's like, fuck, dude, we lost 20% of our people in one day. Yeah, and see, that's yeah. the, the, the problem. And the, the, the way I look at it is, then that means you know that there's a high percentage, or you at least have a yeah. gut feeling that a high percentage of your people They're afraid are to racist. take that risk. They're afraid to take that risk. Now, I will say this, though. This study to me don't prove shit. I'm going to keep reading. But this study don't prove shit. This is all intuition I'm going off. As a nigga that lives in below the Mason-Dixon line, I just know racism when I see it. I can smell it. Sometimes you just walk in a bar and you just take, like, ooh, it's racism in here. Like, yeah. Like, you ever been in an old building downtown and you be like, this just smells like segregation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it looks like segregation. Yeah. Why they got two fountains over there? This yeah. is the color fountain. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we go to a restaurant one time? We seen a noose hanging from the ceiling? Yeah, that was in Raleigh. That was at a restaurant. Um, and the thing is, we we didn't eat, we left. But like you, you just have a sixth sense that is like you know I can I can feel the racism yeah. in here. So you know this smells like uh you know Negro sweat, tears, and blood, and 
Malcolm X's hair grease or whatever. It's like, you get the hell out of there. So, um, Surveys asked respondents in California and a half dozen battleground states like Michigan and Ohio a series of questions that political scientists typically use to measure racial hostility. On each one, Tea Party backers expressed more resentment than the rest of the population, even when controlling for partisanship and ideology. Uh, when read the statement that if blacks would only try harder, they could be just as well off as whites, 73% of the movement supporters agreed, while only 33% of people who disapprove of the Tea Party agreed. So, within the Tea Party, 73% of them think niggas need to try harder. And they would do just fine. And just as good as white people. And 33% of the most of America is like, you know, you know, you can try harder, but you probably never be just as good as your white counterpart. Um, which is, both sides of me have an implied racism to them. Yes. Because there's one side that's kind of like, no matter what a nigga do, he'll never be out well off as a white man. Like, it's like that Chris Rock joke. There's a, it's a, a busboy in here that's white that's like, I wouldn't trade prices with Chris Rock right now, you know? Yeah. But then there's also the other side of that, which is these people believe that the world and the law is so slanted that if black people try harder, they'd be doing better than white people, like, or just as good as white people. Like, yeah, it's not realistic. I don't know if that's true either, you know? Um, Alright. Uh, asked if black people should work their way up without special favors. As the Irish, Italian, and other groups did, 88% of supporters agreed, compared to 56% of opponents, um, which is both over 50%. So let's keep this in mind. These are both. This is both. Both majorities agree that black people don't need special favors; they just need to do whatever, right? Um, the study revealed that Tea Party enthusiasts were also more likely to have negative opinions of Latinos and immigrants, which I think is a no-brainer, of course. They're mostly Republican. Um, That's true. But uh, what's weird about that to me is when you say, like, work your way up like Italians and other immigrants, black people are not fucking immigrants. Slaves, bitch. It is a difference. Yes. It's a big fucking deal. How can you just act like that is not a difference? The entire foundation of us being here is a subservient role where you're not paid for shit. Irish people didn't come over as slaves. There's a different... How can you lock that in? Like, the question itself is biased. You can't just lock that into the same... Like, you're automatically saying, well, look, all things being equal, I mean, hey, however you get here is how you get here, you know? Anyway, so, like, that's, that's like saying, uh, shit, um, shit, American Indians have to work themselves up and stop getting casinos. Like, well, should you not have killed them all? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> should, every time I see a $2 bill, it, it's just as fucking rare as how much I see a fucking American Indian. Is that fair? That's true. Like, if life ain't fair, I get it. But let's not pretend, like, <clears throat> all these laws and rules that, that govern, that try to govern racism out of business and, and private practice, let's not act like people came up with this shit one day out of the blue. No. Like, yeah. nothing was going on. But the, 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 the thing that kills me is where they're saying, you know, should black people work their way up with no favors. Yeah. It's like, well, hell, white people get favors all the time. Yeah, yeah well, that's when, called being white. Yeah, the white privilege. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, if because I know Bob, or right. I know Skip, and Skip got me the job, or whatever, right. or they, you can't, I got the job because I'm white versus the other person because they just feel more comfortable. Well, it's tough because you can't prove you can't prove white privilege. It's like you either know it exists or you think it exists or you don't. And then the other part of it is there's a mentality that limits black people to some extent because from the time you're small you are kind of taught like hey, you white people might be out to get you. Just don't don't turn your back. 
and it does leave you distrusted. Most of my black friends don't have a lot of white friends. Because it, it, there's just like a mentality you get from the time when you're small where it's like, I can't trust you. Like, you're going to get favors that I'm never going to get because, let's be honest, you know, you got an uncle that owns this shit. You got a cousin that does this. And yeah, I, I, guess, my, I got I a cousin that does this. Yeah. I guess my question is, well, what kind of favors are black people getting? Then? What are they referring to when they're talking that, about I think, favors? I think it's quite obvious they're referring to affirmative action and any sort of like... You can get into college if you have good grades and you're a black person, you get preference. Um, which is funny because you're still going to have low enrollment of black people in colleges. Yeah. But there's uh, there's this hidden secret uh, prejudice here that most people don't talk about. And there's this ownership over opportunity that I feel like are, is unspoken when you talk about a lot of these like scholarships, you talk about getting into school, you talk about jobs, there's an unspoken ownership of, well, if a white person didn't get that job, the only way a black person could have got it was for some type of favor to happen. They couldn't just work hard, twice as hard as you, and be I mean, it's better just, I mean, it's just funny because both races will look at this different. I always yes, have, yes. I've always looked at it like, affirmative action to me means, I'm black, I'm just as qualified as the next guy, and now I won't get passed over. Hope I have a slight I, chance that I won't get passed over when I deserve the opportunity. Or even be considered. Yeah. Yeah, but like to me, to me, I look at affirmative action as an opportunity. Right. Not as because it's, it's not you're going to get the job because you're black. Yeah. But to me, it's more like well, you'll actually get half fair consideration. Right. And you can't be shitty at your job. It's not like it's not like I get the job, then all of a sudden I start showing up in fucking uh, baggy jeans and Tims and just fucking (laughs) smoking smoking the black and mild. Yeah, like I'm not gonna show up with a fucking Newport in my ear the next day. Like I'm still there to earn my job, and I know that people are watching me harder than other people and things like that. So there's like this implied like I have to work hard to keep this job type feeling. Whereas, um, I think for a lot of people who resent affirmative action, they look at it like, why'd you get the job in the first place? And my whole point is, so you take affirmative action out, out the door, right? You have an office and it's 100% white people there. You wouldn't think to yourself like, that's odd that not one black person in this city could find their way in this door. You wouldn't think that because that would happen sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been in situations like that. Yeah, And it's not like affirmative action is mandating like black people get fifty percent of jobs and shit. No, uh, it's, it's, it's it's saying look at your look at your population, and it's almost like what that definitely rule was. Look at your population. You have twenty one percent black people in your community. You should have a similar percentage in your business community. If they, you know, if you can find these people that are educated and are and do deserve an opportunity, let's get those guys on the payroll. It's not saying go find an ex-con off the street no. that, you know, like, I just killed these three people. Anyway, I'm here to apply for this uh, business consultant position. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I, I think that's weird. But, um, you know, to wrap this up, because we are kind of going along, um, I just kind of wanted to say, when it comes to the Tea Party thing, you can't really prove racism. That's true. That's the problem with all these questions. I could believe both of these, the answers to these questions, if I wanted to, and not be racist at all. So just that the fact that these people have these answers to these questions don't make you racist. That's true. It could be any litany of reasons why they don't feel, you know. Some people believe in America that much. A lot of people don't think about that. Some people truly believe in free market and America that much that they're like, look, if I have a business, a black man walks in and he's qualified, white man walks in and he's not qualified, 
I'll give that black man the job every fucking time because I'm not racist. And because I do believe that opportunity goes to the best prepared person. Okay. And there's a lot of conservatives that get lumped into, well, you're racist because you don't like affirmative action. When they really believe that that's how the world should be. It's very idealistic. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with them. That's right. Doesn't matter. They don't make that fucking guy racist. So, no. throwing around these racist... I, I put this on the blog a long time ago. You keep calling these Tea Party people racist. And you're doing nothing but making the problem worse. You make yeah. their you make their position more defensible, and you make yourself look like an asshole. You can't call them all racist. The one spitting on people calling them nigger, racist. That's right. The dude that's just mad because he think Obama gonna take his health care, uh, that guy's just dumb. But um, <laughs> all right, this is the last article I want to get out here because it kind of segues into this article um about the Tea Party thing um, but uh. Basically, it's an article about um, people are using the Obama um, scare, the Obama um, like paranoia, to get money out of people. <laughs> All right. So, in Illinois, a telemarketer recently sold an elderly woman fraudulent health insurance plan that supposedly pr- protected her against death panels. <laughs> In Alabama, a con artist has been authoring government health care reform insurance over the phone in exchange to customers for customers' bank account numbers, according to the local business Better, Better Business Bureau. In Kansas, law enforcement authorities are investigating reports of people identifying themselves as government employees and taking payments for Obamacare insurance. <laughs> con artists in several states are seizing the public's financial struggles and confusing about the recent health care overhaul, the authorities say. So far, the frauds appear to be relevantly infrequent and are often no more sophisticated than spam fax messages with blatant misspellings and no company letterhead. Are these coming from Nigeria? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am a king and I accidentally put a million dollars in the bank account. If I could just get two dollars to get it out. Um, oh um, confusion is the scammer's best friend, says James Quiggle, spokesman for the Coalition wow. Against Insurance Fraud. And he's got to be older people, too, man. Obviously. Uh, well, most of the people who hate Obama and are scared of all this like, talk radio shit are older. Okay. That's, that's, that's kind of talk radio's main audience is older people. <laughs> um, uh, the fraudsters often impersonate insurance agents and government workers. Uh, let's see. Expertise advice. Customer expertise advise customers, experts advise customers. Sorry, that most of the frauds are easy to detect. Avoid insurers who use the term Obamacare. No such plan exists. Uh. Or who can say they can expedite Medicare drug coverage rebates? The government does not allow this service. And before signing anything, verify the insurance. The insurer is licensed by the government. Police who are still suspicious, people who are still suspicious, should call their state insurance departments or the Better Business Bureau. Something sounds too good to be true, it probably is, says Michael T. McGrath, director of Illinois Department of Insurance, uh, who added that he has seen an explosion in the healthcare insurance scams since the overall debate began last year. Our advice is to be aggressive and be informed. So basically, these motherfuckers are scamming people, man, and wow. that's. The kind of like ignorance that's out there. Yes, a fool and their money will soon depart, man. Yeah, and I mean ignorance in the bad way, not the uh, 
Not ignorant like, oh, I'm racially ignorant. I mean, just dumb. Yeah, just yeah. dumb. Numbers. You are a stupid person. I mean, I mean, they're talking about stuff that you've never seen a piece of paper on. You've never seen legislation on. Yeah. I mean, you haven't seen this in the news. Like, don't you think Obamacare would have been plastered all over the news? Well, or yeah, the thing is, it has, but it's just been it's been used. As, they've heard the term out there. Yeah, it's just the term. <gasps> okay. They don't know it doesn't yeah. exist. Yeah, so you you just hear the term, and then somebody calls you and says, "Hey, I'm I can protect you from Obamacare." You're like, "Well, I didn't think it was real, but if you're selling something to protect me from, it must be real. So let me buy this." Wow. So people are people are ignorant and gullible. Everybody, be careful out there because uh, Ti is loose. By the way, I don't know if y'all know this. Oh, Ti is out. Yeah, Ti is free. Um, also, another article, last article. Uh, no, I said the last one was last. This is short. A cuddle is better than sex. More what? than who wrote this? <laughs> who wrote this? A nigga, a nigga trying to get some pussy. I guarantee you. A nigga trying to get some pussy wrote this shit, dog. You know, girl, you know, I just like to stay in and cuddle sometimes. I don't even know. I don't even want nothing from you. I just want to cuddle. I just, I just you know, I just like to turn naked. on some Teddy P. Turn on, turn the lights off. Put the AC on. Turn them off, girl. Turn them off. Yeah. This nigga is straight line. More than 50% of people in a survey have said they prefer a kiss and a cuddle to sex in a relationship. (coughs) Bullshit. (laughs) How do you... No one, I don't even think women prefer a kiss and cuddle to sex. It, that's actually the start of sex. You, 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 are, you can get some if you can get that close. The survey claims. The, the survey claims sex comes after commitment, companionship, and humor in a successful relationship. I hate these surveys because everyone fills out complete bullshit. Yeah. Everybody, everybody. I don't. If a woman tells you or a man tells you. Look, before the sex, you know, I need commitment. I need friendship. He's running game He is running game I just want to be in your mind, baby. And if it ain't no beauty, you got to make some beauty. Have mercy. Look at the trees and the birds and all the beautiful things that remind me of you. Um so yeah, this is like anyway, um that's bullshit. Sex comes first, pretty much. I mean yeah. obviously taking out money and shit. If if y'all aren't having good sex, if it's whack, it's not working. No cuddle can replace that. No, no, because I've I've been with some chicks and they were horrible. And a cuddle would not make me stay with no. you. No, I don't know what the hell you was doing. Yeah, but it's okay if we can cuddle. Yeah, I mean I know I know you just like to lay there and cry during sex, but um, you know the cuddling does. I, that's what I stay around for, baby. Yeah. It's the conversation. I know, I, know, I know you scraped when you gave me some head. Yeah. But as <laughs> long as you can wrap me in your warm embrace. Yeah. And you can only have good conversation after sex anyway. That's how men are made. You got to get the babies out of there first and then you can talk, man. Like, there's no freer conversation. Niggas get real open at this. They just like, oh, I just came. Anyway, my mother never treated me. <laughs> I miss my father. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't... The, the normal man wall is up before sex. It's uh, like, if you want to get through, you got to at least let him get some tension out of him. Yeah. Before, before the blood goes back to his brain. Yeah. <laughs> then the blood, when the blood, you know, well, you know, then you take a nap. But yeah. then after that, you know, you back to being, you know, put the, put the guard on yeah, for the world. But be hard. If you want to see a dude be all compassionate, he ain't coming after no cuddle and no kiss. <laughs> He's still going to be trying to get some. Cuddle um, and kiss after you get that nut. Yeah. <laughs> 
Surprisingly, it is men who are more than happy to smooch on the sofa rather than romp in the bedroom. That's a yeah, damn right. lie. Researchers for healthcare giant Bayer blame social network and internet sites such as Facebook and Twitter for making people less intimate with each other as they conduct long-distance relationships. I don't think that's really true because, if anything, it makes people more, uh, more intimate because they say... You actually can know a person better online yeah. than in real life. Yeah. Honestly. Because you can just say some shit online. It's like, if you don't accept that unfriend, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you're like, so uh, I was molested when I was six. It's easier to talk to strangers because yeah. they'll never see you and they have no reason to judge you. Exactly, man. You Like, yeah, I've seen shit like, um, just like message voice. Like, the conversation those dudes had about how they watch porn <laughs> <laughs> and the stiffness of a penis. In the porn that they watch, I guarantee you, you they do not see that. that conversation in real life. No. Mm-hmm. I've never hung out with my boys and be like, yo, man, you know what's been bothering me all day? Why can't Byron Long get all the way home? <laughs> this nigga had a baby soft dick. <laughs> like, you can't fucking say right, well, that. You know, you know, I like my dicks rock hard. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. hey, what's up, ladies? Anyway, man, so, uh, yeah, dick, the dick, if the dick ain't all the way home, I'm cutting the porn off. <laughs> like, this is, like, this is bullshit. These people all lied on this fucking poll because they thought, like, they were being, even if it was anonymous, people like to think of themselves higher than they are and put out this fake image and that's all this poll was, man. Um, Meanwhile, Kristen Weber, a sex and relationship expert, has warned that a lack of intimacy can endanger any relationship. So, by her book, uh, Captain Obvious and Relationship Questions, coming out next month, because, come on, dog, that's... (laughs) If you're not fucking, y'all ain't in a relationship. I don't know what these people think. I understand. I mean, unless there's some reason, like, you know, pregnancy, uh, long distance. This article is for old people that can't get their shit up no more. It's gotta be. What kind of simp fills out a fucking anonymous survey and says, Yeah, I just like holding hands and kissing. I just want to cuddle. Yeah. Better example. Has any has any girl ever come to you and be like, I'm gonna rock your world tonight? He's like, oh, oh, oh! Can we just cuddle? (laughs) You're moving too fast, ma'am. You're moving too fast. I just barely got to know you. (laughs) All this talk is making my dick soft. Let's cuddle. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I forgot about Shirley. Shirley sent in the question. I almost forgot to answer this. And this is the last thing. How do you and your friends feel about a woman asking a man out? So Sometimes I see love experts say that if you want a relationship to last, have the man do the asking. What say you? Um, The only way to know for sure that a dude is interested is if he asks you. That's the only way you can 100% know if they're interested. And that might not be a relationship. That's just if he wants. He might just want to fuck. And dudes will... Ask anybody, but um, one way I, I will say this: one thing a lot of dudes will appreciate is being hollered at. I I don't know any dude that's really like, man, this girl tried to holler at me today, man. What she think? But you know, but you know what? Ah, what? Is but you know what? If if you for most dudes, at least the ones I know and I hang out with, if they're hollered at by a girl, even one that they're not attracted to or anything, yeah. they'll treat her nice because yep. it's like, well, damn, that made me feel. It's kind of rare. Like yesterday, at the, uh, Monday at the podcast game, I went to go get, I went to go take a piss. Right, the lady who was the usher up there, I walked by. I have my, you know, I have my clothes on. I know she seen me. I made eye contact. Like, hey. I don't have my ticket with me. I don't want no fucking problems when I come back to my seat. Because, you know, sometimes I just be tripping. Mm-hmm. So I walked back to my seat. And she stopped me and was like, where's your ticket at? And I'm sitting here like, nah, you know. I, I just looked at your ass. I just looked at your ass. You just saw me. I ain't been gone five minutes. 
I'm not about that to call my wife up here with the ticket. So I was just like, you don't know me? She was like, no, what's, where your ticket at? And then I said she was playing with me. I was like, oh, well, that's nice that she's joking around or whatever. But, you know, I went back to my seat or whatever. But, you know, if I was single, I would probably thought, like, yeah, she was trying, she's probably trying to get a nigga in this game. <laughs> but, um, like, the whole point is, there's no dude that walks around like, yeah, man, I was at the game, and this, this bitch Just tried to holler at me, me dog. I'm fucking wrong with these bitches. I do the hollering. And she had no to ask for my number. Yeah. I gave her a fake number. This is what I would this is what I would tell her. I'd say there's nothing wrong with asking the dude as long as you're not seeming desperate because don't know yeah. what you want them desperate chick. That's so right. then you just holler at them and let them know that you're interested. You don't necessarily have to ask them out, but right. you can initiate. Because that'll go a long way. Initiate and then let them know that you're interested. Give yeah. them little hints that y'all women do. Because uh, a lot of the main reason I think a lot of guys don't holler at chicks is because they're afraid they don't of rejection. Think they're interested. And they don't think, a lot of times they don't yeah. think they're interested. Yeah, so the hints that women get are not that fucking good. No, it's like, ooh, he's fine, so let me ignore him and me, Muggle. Yeah, it's like, well, I handed him some papers the other day. Okay. Well, what's your job? I'm the secretary, I hand yeah. everybody papers. Yeah. Peace, Steph. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> thinks that you were hollering at him. Yeah, so I'd say, I'd say just, you know, go ahead and spark conversation, let them know that you're interested, but then at the same time, you know, after you've let them know that you're interested, kind of back off and let yeah. them only take do control. A, I say only ask once. Hell yeah, sure. yeah. You don't ever want to ask, for, if a dude, dudes are, look, dudes want to fuck, okay? If, a, if you ask a dude out, and he doesn't give you any response or doesn't get back to you, fuck him. Move on. Because he's he, that's a no. That's a definite no. Yeah, right. Sometimes women are more, you know, I like to play hard to get and all this shit. Men don't play hard to get. Men play please come get well, this. I got a question. So, as far as, so you're saying that she should ask him out? If she wants to. If yeah. that's, like, if, you, if you're if that interested, you feel that like y'all are close enough, y'all, you know, y'all friend, whatever the fuck. You, like, obviously to your own discretion. If you have the kind of uh, uh, relationship or friendship where you can kind of, or a co-worker or whatever, where you can be like, hey, and it doesn't have to be a date, but like, uh, I noticed that you like soccer. You know, there's a soccer match in town. You want to go watch that together. Now, that doesn't really have to come across like we are going on a date. You don't have to. But if he likes you, it will come across to him as yeah. this is a chance to prove my. Have, if yeah. he doesn't have any interest, he'll either say no or y'all go out and he won't even act interesting. You can be like, cool, yeah. he won't that. Yeah, I, I guess the way I look at it is if you let them know that you're interested and you're somewhat obvious, letting yeah. them know that, then they'll ask you out because they know that you're interested. But if you let them know that you're interested, and I'm not talking about handing them some papers, right. go up and strike up conversations, smile, yeah. touch their arm, shit like that, yeah. let them know that you're interested, then they need to grow some nuts. And yeah, some I, I, asking, I can but, see that. You know, I mean, I guess <clears throat> what I'm trying to say for her, and this is just to clear her mind, if you, there's only one way to be sure. You have to ask. Yeah, yeah, and that's the same thing I would tell you to do because a lot of dudes have, there's a lot of dudes listening to shit right now that probably never asked a woman out face to face. Um, it, it is like that. Now, I got lucky. You know what I'm saying? My woman came and hollered at me. You know what I'm saying? I you know like, what I'm talking about, dog. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, I'm trying my to play My woman was ball. jocking. I was like, she shit, I'm in here. Let, let a nigga breathe yeah. a little bit. I'm like, can I give me some space? You know what I'm saying? I can't yes, leave. I will marry you. Yeah. <laughs> you schemed and you plotted and you got what you wanted. But, uh, I yeah. love you, baby. Yeah, I'm just joking. But, um, <laughs> cover your ears, Karen. Cover your ears. It must. But, um, yeah, man. Like, that, that's how it is, dog. It's just, yeah. 
Honestly, it's only one way to be sure for men and women. You have to ask. And that's actually a good note to end this podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Rodimus Prime. I'm say that again. That is in D-A-T. And Will, you got Twitter. You yeah, will. I'm on there. I'm Mr. Underscore Montgomery. See, y'all holler at me. Yeah, I, 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 y'all y'all probably see me quoting him in a couple uh, things. And uh, make sure y'all go to my um, blog. It's uh, the blackoutips.blogspot. And um, make sure, you know, you leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, just search for us as the Black Out Tips Podcast, and yep. we'll, we'll pop right up. So until next time, uh, love you guys. Love you, baby. I love you, too. Mwah. Mwah. We out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh hardly home but always reppin'. You hardly own it, always second. When I'm awake, you always resting. And when they call you to answer, you are hardly question. I, I'm doing classic shit in all my sessions. Other niggas situations, they are all depressing. That's why I never follow y'all suggestions. I just always did my own thing. Now I run the game. You stupid motherfuckers. I see all this money through my Ohio State Buckeyes. Shit been going good, but good could turn to better. Cause you the type of loser, and I'm about to get her. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You can run and tell your friends that I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. Best believe I understand. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You can run and tell my city I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on. Women don't get saved round me, even on a Sunday. Damn, where I get it from? These niggas always wonder who. Then they meet my pop and tell them Drake is just a younger you. And shout it on a party, so don't let your girl up out the house. Or there'll be shots on TMZ of me giving them mouth to mouth. Now she's famous and no paparazzi starts to shoot her. I drop two black cars, I named your Malcolm X and Martin Luther. I don't ever play, but I'm in the game, lady. They just lose to love, those are tennis games, lady.